Hello, and welcome to Intentionally Foul, or Bright Side After Dark, or whatever the hell you want to call this podcast. We don't care. Joining me <laughs> is Scott Howard. This is Sreeker Jasti. How are you, Scott? I'm good, Sreeker. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Scott. So, I think we have a lot to talk about. I think. We do! The last time we did one of these, which actually, surprisingly, was not that long ago. Um, what, a little over a week ago? A little over a week ago, right before the draft. And since then, a lot has happened. What is, in your mind, the biggest thing that's happened? Uh, honestly, it's got to be that Mike James is uh, signing, going to come over and play for the Suns. I mean, I, I can't really think of anything else of note that's happened in the last week. Yeah. So, I mean, the 2015 Suns Summer League starter coming over on a deal that we have no idea about, of the details of, whether it's like any guaranteed money whatsoever. I mean, I think that's got to be the big story. So, I mean, everybody should just get ready to settle in for, what did, what did we say, three and a half hours of just straight talk about Mike James? Yeah, three and a half hours, I think. <laughs> uh, and then and then we'll we'll devote another few hours to, to Mike James once we learn what his contract uh, details are. <laughs> yeah, this is basically just the Mike James podcast. Yeah, that's, you know, when I said I we, we don't care what, what you call us, we do care, actually. We are now the Mike James podcast. As long as it's affiliated with Mike James, we, we don't care what it is, as long as there is a mention of Mike James, repeated mentions of Mike James. <laughs> Mike James content only. Well, we really know how to hook people. Yeah, we really do. And so for the one person who might still be listening at this point... If we, you got through the introduction... <laughs> the, the, yeah, we, we'll talk about a couple of the other things, too. Mike James, uh, let's rank some of the other things in terms of Suns news over the last week. Number two probably has to be Alec Peters. <laughs> well, sure, yes. Yeah, and then let's Alec skip Peters. to the bottom of that list in terms of noteworthiness. Uh, Josh Jackson, the Suns draft. Yes. Josh Jackson, fourth, fourth overall in the NBA draft. They, they did, and uh, I believe you and I had predicted that. We kind of thought that's how it was going to play out when we were talking in our, our previous podcast, and it wound up playing out that way, and I don't want to speak for you, but I am incredibly excited about that. You and I were flipping some text back and forth on draft night and the day after, and I, I believe we are on the same page there. I think we are. I think we are. Um, I, wish, I wish we weren't so I could argue with you about something. <laughs> Josh Jackson related, but I think we both love Josh Jackson and well, are very excited that uh, that he that he fell to to the Suns. Didn't somebody say on uh, Twitter last week that you and I should have a podcast where we just go back and forth agreeing with each other? Yeah, someone did say that, and then we were like, <laughs> "Yes, we do actually." And now our podcast name is the podcast where Scott and Sreeker go back and forth and agree with each other on everything. <laughs> <laughs> about Mike James, about particularly. Mike James, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's what makes us special. Exactly. So no, I mean, like from from my from my end, I mean, it's hard not to be excited about Jackson. Uh, it, it's it's funny when the biggest knock you hear on him is he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, oh no, I'm sorry, he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. Like I could I could kind of deal with that as a criticism of him. Yeah, I mean, we've lived through. Markeith Morris not being drafted above Kawhi Leonard and not being Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, I can live with Josh Jackson not being Kawhi Leonard either. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think, and we talked about him kind of repeatedly on both our pre our last podcast and the one before that. I mean, wing defender, crazy work ethic, I just, wants to get better. I mean, you just see, I know all the quotes that come out after the draft are, you know, purposely designed to make you excited but there's just something particularly about this guy and like the way he seems to be wired where he genuinely wants to like come in and like light a fire under people's asses yeah that's that's it's awesome to see i mean yeah like you said some of this stuff is you know that they say is pretty cliche and whatnot but i i mean that's his rep there's a history of him saying that and doing that so i'm super excited about that and i think the best part about it i mean he's crazy good talent obviously but he just fits so perfectly on this team like he's exactly who they needed and uh i think yeah it couldn't have gone better uh couldn't have gone better for phoenix um another you know an underrated part of that this whole draft i mean going forward will be ryan mcdonough working you know behind the scenes to orchestrate maybe or at least help orchestrate uh that canceled workout with danny ainge yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. How Ryan McDonough effectively, strongly implied that the the Suns steered Josh Jackson away from working out for the Celtics. Yeah, I love that so much. His former boss. I, I mean, how do you think it played out? You probably just called Josh Jackson and said, "Hey, like, who knows what the Celtics are going to do with you?" They no. 
I think that's what he had to have done. I mean, if you if you look at it from his perspective, yeah, that's what I would do. I would if I wanted Josh Jackson, I really thought I could get him. I'd be like, all right, cool. So let's look at it this way: they drafted a guy who plays your position last year. Yep. He, and then you could say, all right, these are all the minutes that he got in this position. And I was like, just Google Boston Celtics and what they're looking to accomplish. And I mean, you see it this week. You know, they're looking to you know pair Gordon Hayward and Paul George, and you know they were in on the Jimmy Butler stuff too before that happened. So I mean, there was a lot of stuff you could just point to if you're uh, Ryan McDonough and just kind of remind Josh Jackson, like, hey, you're a super uber competitive guy. If you go work out for Boston and Boston loves you, Boston picks you at three, and your ass is playing 10 minutes a game next year. And again, to be said this just now, but I think Josh Jackson is probably the kind of player that, you know, cares about playing <laughs> and Absolutely. wants his minutes. So, and obviously, that's great, and it worked out for the Suns. So, do you think... He is going, like, what do you think he's, what kind of playing time do you think he's going to get next year? Do you think he's going to start? Do you think he's going to play on the bench? Like, do you think he's going to start the season on the bench and then eventually start? What do you see? Yeah, I I think he's going to start on the bench. I know a lot of people want him to start, and it'd be cool to see him start, but I think T.J. Warren, when healthy, has has pretty much solidified that, and I think right off the bat, Josh Jackson isn't going to get those uh, minutes to move Warren to the bench. But... I think, uh, I don't know if it'll happen this season, to be honest. I think TJ Warren could also have a, you know, a breakout year. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's, I would not be surprised if he did. I think when he gets minutes and when he's been healthy, he, he produces. Obviously not on the defensive end of the floor like Josh Jackson can and probably will in his career, but I think he, I don't think he'll beat out TJ Warren for minutes this season. Um, but I, I think that's fine. I think there's enough, uh, this roster is flexible enough where they can both share the floor, and I think Earl Watson has said that already um, yeah. at, at certain you know, at certain points. Um, but I think Josh Axel will come off the bench for almost yeah. pretty much the whole season, I would, unless something happens with the roster to, to move things around. Yeah, I mean, I think that from from my perspective, T.J. Warren's ultimate destiny is that of a bench scorer who can come in and just give you 20 points in kind of a short period of time and, you know, just keep getting buckets, you know, TJ buckets, yada, yada, yada. I actually agree uh, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's his destiny, but I think it would be a little bit of a, I think it would be set a little bit of a bad standard to say, all right, TJ, you're on the bench from game one while we start this 20 year old. Exactly. It, would, it, it's, it wouldn't be the best move, I think, um, especially right off the bat. Now also I, I agree with you on TJ's probably like, um, unless he takes a big jump. Uh, likely role in the NBA being that of a six man, but yeah. but I think that's also on a team where there's a solidified starter at the small forward position. Sure, of which a twenty year old is not exactly, and Josh Jackson yeah. <laughs> obviously will be, but right off the bat, yeah, yeah. No, so I, I think that's entirely fair. So I think that you and I pretty have pretty high expectations for him. I think he, I think he's a pretty. Like like you said, he's a good fit on the roster. I think he's a good fit next to Booker because, as we've mentioned on a million occasions, Booker is an absolute sieve on defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you 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 would hope that when Devin Booker starts playing next season, he can at least like upgrade his defense to below average. I think that's kind of my hope and expectation is that he's such a competitive person and so wants to be the number one superstar option on a team that. He'll realize that he has to be a little bit of a two-way player, right? And I but, think it'll help to uh, you know have Josh Jackson in practices guarding him and him guarding him back and stuff like that. I mean, that really is one of the things that I love most about Jackson is like I mean I don't think Booker is like you know apathetic or anything. Um, no, but then you have a guy like Chris, like Marquis Chris, whose reputation was of being a bit apathetic, right? So I think, and I don't think he. I mean, he picked enough fights to you know fill a career last season, <laughs> but but I think it'll be good to have another guy who's just kind of, you know, got an edge to him that can hopefully uh, help push these guys along a little bit. I know yeah. it's it's funny putting that responsibility on a twenty year old, but it's and they're both twenty year olds. It's the crazy part. Book, yeah. Well, they're all children. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing. I mean, book is. Booker, what turns? Uh, He's four months 20... older, younger than Josh Jackson. No, older than Josh Jackson. I know he t- he turns twenty one on, on I think October thirtieth. Okay, I think it's yeah. the day before. Mm, close. Yeah, um, I think it's October thirtieth. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, Bender 
Bender's only 19, Chris is 20, and Jackson's 20. I mean, like, those are your four guys, like your four, your core four guys. Yeah, and they're, so, they, none of them can drink yet. None of them can drink, and I assume none of them have touched one. Oh, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, that would be inappropriate, and we don't stand for that. <laughs> Dragon Bender probably has when he was in Europe. That's, with the, when the that's true. Was lower. But, that's he, true. He, but he probably also didn't because he's Dragon Bender, and he wouldn't talk well, to him yeah. like he said. Well, well, he's a perfect angel um, in every in every way, shape, and form. Uh, so, in just a giant to, seven one angel. Just a giant seven one angel, and he is my son, and I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to Jackson, and I'll just kind of wrap up draft thoughts. The Suns drafted Davon Reed out of Miami with a thirty second pick, and then Alec Peters out of Valpo with the fifty fourth pick. I believe is yeah. the correct number. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, I have no particular thoughts on either guy. <laughs> Alright, cool, next topic. No. Alright, podcast over. Like, I had literally never heard of either guy. I, um, I know the Suns, when they drafted, when I saw Reed pop up, I knew they had worked him out a couple times, but that kind of covers it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think the only reaction... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, admittedly know, knew, knew basically nothing about either guy as well, but... Um, should we fake our way through it? The initial reaction, yeah, we should definitely fake our Just Let's just make up <laughs> names. They passed over uh, LaVon Jordan, I think. Uh, just, I, I mean, you got to help me here. We're just making up names at this point. No, they passed over Jordan Bell. Jo- they passed Jordan Bell up, yeah, which actually, like, I expected them to pick Jordan Bell. Right, that was, pick, that was they, my reaction as well. Well, they had him in a couple times, too. So I figured you know, they had, I think, three different guys in that they worked out twice. Yep. And so I kind of expected they would go Bell. I mean, I guess the theory not going Bell is you already have a bunch of bigs on the roster. And I guess, I mean, they're, I'm assu- yeah, exactly. And that maybe points to them trying to resign or hold on to Allen Williams. So I would be really surprised. I mean, okay, so let's, let's not pretend we know a lot about these guys. I mean, they, yeah, they drafted a wing. Apparently he's kind of a projects to a 3D type of guy. And then Alec Peters is like, Best case scenario is Mirza Toledovic, but from America. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's dispense of that part. And, and, <laughs> but yeah, to, to to your point about what they're planning on doing in free agency, I, I would be surprised if they don't resign Alan Williams. I mean, someone would have to just absolutely money fuck Alan Williams for the Suns not to bring him back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I and I think. I mean, unless this somehow takes a weird turn of events, and like you said, someone throws a bag of cash at him, and Alex Lynn turns out to be a better value, but I, I can't see that happening. How much would, I mean, would you bring back both? I don't think I'd bring back both, no. Ugh, yeah, I, I just... It, if, if, you, if you brought back both, you have to have a uh, contingency plan to unload Tyson Chandler, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because like, as much as Tyson was a great soldier in the second half of last season, yeah. like Tyson, by all indications, amazing teammate. I think he got like second place in like the teammate of the year thing that Dirk won the other night. Oh yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch the award show, but I think he got second. I think I saw some standings. Uh, I don't know why I was looking at the standings for the teammate of the year <laughs> award, but I was <laughs> the most important award of the NBA season. When I say standings, I mean the voting results. I don't know why I use the word standings, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like, and then he like talked to Ryan McDonough and was willing to literally not play a single second in the second half of the season last year. Yeah, and still stood there on the sidelines in full uniform cheering the team on. So. But yeah, I you, mean, you have to him. play him now. You can't just continue to leave him on the bench and let him rot on the bench. Like yeah. he, He's going to be the Suns' starting center this year if he's on the roster. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, I thought this was going to happen last year, but I mean, their plan should be to you know play him, have him prove somewhat, some of his value on the court, and then, and then trade him to a team that wants him at the deadline. Well, now, there's only two years left on his contract now. Yeah, it's not um, that bad a contract, really. It's $13 million a year. I think, it's like, I think it's like 13 this year and like 13 for next year. Yeah. I mean, under the current like cap situation, it's really not that big of a deal anymore. No, it's, it's really not. Um, so, And I think this is the year where it would make sense. Well, it, we'll see how the roster shakes up um, come September. Uh, but... I think this this might be the year where you know have him prove his worth on the court to a team that could use his services better than the Suns can, and then trade him at the deadline. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you on that one. So back to the draft. I, back to the draft. So yeah, Davon Reed. Uh, yep, yeah, like you said, three and D guy. That's the only thought I have on him. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all right, let's look at it in terms of like, will he be a rotation player? No, no, he won't. That's definitely not this season. <laughs> I mean, not not next year. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, look at your look at your wing rotation. I mean. You already have yeah you have Booker who's going to command quite a few minutes a night, and then you you have Jackson and Warren who are going to command plenty of time. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I, I really hope they don't play Dragon Bender on the wing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> to the point guard or center. <laughs> yeah, God, man. Like, <laughs> well, that's I mean that's another thing with the with the bigs is. Uh, the more guys, if you bring back Williams and Len and you have Chandler, the one thing that's going to do, and you already have Dudley too, which yep. I mean, Dudley's kind of more of a 3-4, but I'd say down, kind of more yeah. towards a 4. Yeah, and then Bender doesn't play as much. I don't want that. Or yeah. ben, or Bender slides to the 3, right. which, I mean, he proved in both Summer League and the NBA, he cannot play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, he's, there's no way his long-term position is at is a 3. So yeah, give him all the minutes at 4 and 5. Um but yeah, uh, Booker Jackson obviously. There's Brandon Knight still on the roster as much as we oh would like God, him not we to be. Keep forget, I keep forgetting Brandon Knight's on the roster. <laughs> and you're gonna have to play Brandon Knight too. I yeah. mean, you have to play him. Yep. Like it's it's really funny. I think I wrote up. I I literally forgot about him when we were talking about this a minute. Like when you were when I was listing the wings, it did his name did not occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, what a beautiful life that is! Until you, until someone reminds you that Brandon Knight is, still exists in the in the sphere well, of the Suns universe, and he's only got three years left on his contract. Oh man, three before years. he's out of the NBA entirely. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess Br- he's not playing over Brandon Knight. I mean, you, you're you're not doing that, and you're not trading Brandon Knight. So, as far as I'm concerned, Brandon Knight's locked in for like 24 minutes a game next year. Yeah. Which and it's oh I think god, it's impossible. So it's impossible for him to have a worse year than he did last. Well, God, I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> right now, um, <laughs> don't tell Brandon Knight what he can't do. <laughs> Brandon Knight, yeah, no, I, that was not a challenge, Brandon. If you're listening, please, <laughs> please. I mean, Brandon Knight is definitely listening. I yeah, mean, he is a huge fan of this podcast because if there's one thing Brandon Knight loves, it's to be told how shitty he is by two people he doesn't care about. Oh yeah, he's he's absolutely listening. Um, he, <laughs> uh, he's he's listening just so just he could. If this was a live show, he would he would have called in by now and to remind us every single episode that like guys, dudes, I'm still on the roster. You guys forget me every fucking episode. <laughs> and then and then once we finish and we talk shit on him, he'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting. I must have missed your guys's five year, seventy million dollar contract <laughs> that's going to set you and your family up, my family up for life." <laughs> 11 points a game I mean that's 11 more points than you guys scored <laughs> yeah damn it Brandon Knight you would again <laughs> man we really should just like if he's gonna be on the roster he might as well be like our third host of this podcast yeah alright right, we'll try to invite him at some point and then delete every <laughs> previous episode so he can't listen <laughs> and we'll just say nice things about him we're like man Brandon Knight needs more minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Devin Booker should move back to the bench Devin Booker should come off the bench because Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe are the wave of the future. <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced of it. Uh, All right, so I think we're going to have to focus this a little bit. So we talked about Alan Williams and Alex Len a little bit and what they're going to do with that. I mean, I, I think we both kind of agree uh, it's got to be one or the other. Both got qualifying offers, so both are going to be restricted free agents. So we'll see what other teams offer. I would think that unless the Suns can work out like cheaper deals with them, I think they're both going to test the market. Yeah, no, I, I mean they're restricted free agents, so I think they. I mean, you have to test the market if you're them. You don't know. There's always. I mean, not always, but there's oftentimes one or two teams that just throw out ridiculous things, and especially sometimes these teams don't know what they're like. Last summer, for example, look at some of the contracts given out to some of the restricted yeah. free agents. Alan Crabb, seventy million, I think. Yep. Um, well, it's Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn doesn't have picks, so they needed right. to take chances on uh, on restricted free agents. I mean, they, they're the ones that put the contract in front of uh, Tyler Johnson too, and Tyler Johnson is absolutely worth it. But right. 
they're they're the ones that put the decision on Miami to have to pay him or not. Yeah, exactly, and they're probably going to do the same. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did that to one of the one of the two uh, Suns bigs that are restricted free agents. Yeah, I, I just I, I, we talked about it last time. I just do not have high hopes for Alex Len still. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he is who he is. It's just I don't have high hopes anymore. I just um, I don't. I don't, Yeah, I have. I have no <laughs> hopes. As a Suns well, fan, I have no hopes. Um, but. So here, here's an interesting thing I was thinking about earlier. So Ryan McDonough is in the last year of his contract. Yep. If you are Robert Sarver, what is your approach to Ryan McDonough? I extend him. I extend well, him, especially after this draft. Uh, I two years. Two. I. I. I oh God, Stryker has got to agree. Stryker has got against all odds. Yeah, we, I mean, I mean, I, and I think you and I have talked about this a bit before, uh, you know, via text and Twitter and things like that. I, I think that he's put these guys in place. He's put these young guys in place. I think he deserves to see see through whether it's trending the right way. Because at the end of not, so he'll get all of this season. That gives him all of 2018, 19, and 19, 20 as well. So he's through to there. And if the Suns, I mean, frankly, if they're not in the 2020 playoffs, he lost. Like yeah. he didn't do it. He did not build the team right. Yep. Uh, they're like, regardless of what else is going 2020, on. 2020. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tw- it's 2020 is not far off. That'd be the end of the two year extension. No, I, yeah, I know. I totally agree there. I, I mean, the hope would be the 2019 playoffs, but yeah, no, by 2020, that would be an abject failure. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, I, but I think that you give them at least that long yeah. because I mean, at that point, you know, Devin Booker's entering his third year now, so he'd be finishing his fifth year at that point. And he'll finally be 17, yep. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if he's finishing his fifth year and he's not like a number one or two piece on a playoff team, then, you know, Devin Booker's not what we thought. Yeah. And if Josh Jackson's not like a high-level defender... He's not what we thought. Same yeah. with Dragon Bender. Or and if Marcus one of, Chris, one of yeah. Chris or Bender don't pan out. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I think that gives him plenty of time to like see what's going on. And if and... Alec Peter doesn't become Kevin Love, he can pan out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he, he, honestly, if Alec Peters... So he averaged, I think, 25 a game at Valpo last year. Yeah. If he doesn't do that as a rookie in the NBA, Ryan McDonough should be fired. <laughs> should be fired. Easily, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch here and just say that I think if he doesn't, if Alec Peters does not break the rookie scoring record, <laughs> Ryan McDonough should be terminated immediately. Yeah, that that should be an ex- that should be the written into the contract extension. Hundred percent. It should no, be I, two years with an Alec Peters option. Two years with an Alec Peters option, the best kind of option. <laughs> Um, no, but I think I think you and I agree. It's I, I think we're at the we're at the stage with with McDonough where he's put his guys in place and now he's got to see th- see it through. And once they get to a point where you know if they are say in the twenty eighteen nineteen season, they're kind of in the the playoff hunt, and he can start making more active tweets to ch- or tweets more active uh, <laughs> choices to try to build a winning team so yep. he's not just like because he really hasn't made a lot of great trades i mean he's been he's been kind of hit or miss yep. I mean, he's made a few good trades uh and he's made some epically bad ones and yep. he's made a few a few good draft picks and he's made some really bad ones i mean he's not a perfect gm by any means but frankly i'm happy that the core four young guys the Suns have on the roster are, you know booker chris bender jackson i think he could do a lot worse than that yeah, uh, I mean, I agree. My view on uh, McDonough is, is this. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you and I have gone back and forth on Twitter about this. Um, but what if what is this podcast if not a regurgitation of our tweets? <laughs> That's um, all it is. Yeah, for the for the, for the illiterate. That's we have a we new have name. No we have a new name for our podcast: regurgitation of our tweets. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, yeah, he's he's had some pretty big fuck ups. I. <laughs> oh yeah, namely the trade deadline of 2015. Well, you, oh yeah, he was two for he was one for three. I mean, if he was playing baseball though, that's he'd be he'd be <laughs> doing pretty well. If Ryan McDonough, an NBA general manager, was playing baseball, yes, yeah, he was a, if he was a bad. baseball hitter, he would be he would have had a successful trade deadline in 2015. Let's say if he was a baseball player, he'd be much better than uh, than Josh Jackson. <laughs> 
like this. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was pretty bad. But I mean, realistically, with McDonough, those fuck ups were enormous. I mean, like that Brandon Knight trade. He traded one of the more valuable assets in the NBA for a guy who we have spent like. 10 minutes on this podcast talking about how shitty he is. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a tough one. I mean, Boston used that pick to move up to, or sorry, Philly used that pick to move up to number one in the, in the most recent draft. Yep. Boston might use it to get Paul George. I mean, that, that draft pick has a lot of value, and the Suns sold it for Brandon Knight. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was by far his biggest mistake. So he's, he's had that, I mean, the IT trade, uh, which isn't quite as big of a mistake, but was a mistake. He traded a, he traded a multi-time All-Star for Marcus Thornton in a late first-round pick. At 29 points per game score in last season? <laughs> I mean, those are two right at the same time. Yeah, that was that, <laughs> yeah. The Dragic trade was good, fine for how that situation arrived. I mean, he had to be traded, Absolutely. and the return was fine. But then again, they, he kind of... He did the play a role in the situation becoming that, but that's a different story that we probably already talked about like two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, so there was that trade <laughs> deadline. There was the Alex Len pick, uh, but that draft was, I, yeah, it was a bad pick in hindsight. But that draft was also like kind of a crapshoot. It was a shitty draft. So Tyler Ennis over Gary Harris. Yeah, 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 there's that too. And I remember most people wanting Gary Harris, so that was like... Oh yeah, I was all over it. I wanted Gary Harris a lot. Yeah. I was. They, they passed on Gary Harris twice. I wanted Gary Harris instead of TJ. Oh yeah, he was Yeah, he was projected to go as high as there. Right around there, yep. Um, but yeah, there, there's another one. Uh, then, I mean, all of the good he basically did in his first summer as GM, which were great trades, the Bledsoe trade, the Pacers, Plumlee, Scola... Gerald Green trade, um, you know, all of that was pretty much undone except for the Bledsoe trade. Bledsoe's still a valuable piece, obviously. But and the, the IT signing was a good signing. Yeah, it was you a very he, it was a value contract. Great value contract. That's a tough one to get. I mean, he's done some good stuff, but yeah, I mean, like the fuck ups have been monumental. I mean, and, and realistically, the other one, the jury is obviously going to be out. I mean, he traded an awful lot to get Marquis Chris. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. I, I mean, I think that one, did, I mean, Jura's going to be out for a couple of years. Although, sure. uh, there was news today that <laughs> our boy Bogdan Bogdanovich is finally coming over to the NBA. Who the, he who, sure who is. McDonough uh, traded as part of that, to the Kings as part of that Chris uh, deal. So I guess we'll see just how, I guess we'll start to see uh, how good or bad that trade was next season. But realistically, we won't know for a few years. Yeah, I mean, but you know, if you're uh, if you're a betting man, you've got on one hand you have Marquise Chris, and on the other hand you have Scalavasier, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Georgius Papagiannis. Uh, all all that needs to do is uh, one of those guys needs to pan out better somehow, and that winds up being a bad trade too. But I still believe in Marquise Chris. Yeah, but he does have high potential. There's that. So I mean, I, sure. Marquise Chris could be a guy that you know really takes five years to get there. And but he we'll he came on. And I think you'd, you'd posted his, like, second-half stats from last season the other day. I mean, from his rookie season. I mean, he really, really grew up in the second half of the season once he was, like, kind of given an opportunity. I mean, you'd have people talking crap about him shooting three-pointers. And I'm like, why don't you, like, actually look at the statistics? He shot 40% from three, basically, in the second half of the year. Yeah, no, exactly. And I remember I, w- I looked this up because uh, we saw that he made the all-rookie second team. Yes, he did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, in, after the All-Star, his per 36 numbers were 17, 8, 2 blocks, uh, on 50% from the field and 36% from 3. Those are great numbers. Yep. And his health Not- side defense improved. He's obviously still a terrible defender, but hopefully that <laughs> That he is. Time. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm optimistic about him. It's just that that's, that's one move that... Yeah. You know, Ryan McDonough pushed his chips to the middle of the table, yeah. and he did that with the he did that with the night trade. I think the night trade was one of his bigger gambles, and that was a just catastrophic failure. Yeah. So you're he basically gets the Chris trade, and then that's how uh, he uh, I don't know like that that'll kind of be it for him. No, I agree. Um, I mean, he gets these four guys. He has Josh Jackson and Booker those picks, and they're yeah. still out on several of them. But yeah, I mean, it's going back to the Chris trade. I guess the Kings must feel at least somewhat strongly about um, Bogdanovich because I think they're paying him twelve million a year. It's like him a thirty-six million dollar contract. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is not like that high in today's NBA. It's like 
what like twelve percent of the their cap because we're at a hundred million cap. Um, yeah. But it's not nothing. <laughs> no, it's a sizable no. contract. That's ba- almost what Brandon Knight makes. <laughs> He's making Brandon Knight money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, you, you, yeah. I mean, we have no idea what he'll do in the NBA. I think he'll be pretty good, but imagine having Bogdan on the team for the next three years for the same, or for I guess a couple million dollars less than Brandon Knight. I, I think I would take that. <laughs> yeah, I think most yeah, most, most people would. I'm a bold decision maker like that. Um, <laughs> now, so you know, let's pivot a little bit. So free agency starts. I'm assuming July 1st, as it usually does. Do you see the Suns doing anything big? I think you and I both agree that we want the Suns to throw a max contract at Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin <laughs> while matching so, Alan Williams, any offer by Alan Williams and Alex Lynn get. So the Griffin thing is interesting. I mean, it is. I think there's a real discussion to be had about Blake Griffin. I, yeah. I, I think there is, too, as much as I hate to admit it. So, obviously, the huge news of the NBA yesterday, since I'm assuming this is going to go up tomorrow, the huge news of the NBA yesterday was Chris Paul opted into his contract with the Clippers and then was traded to the Houston Rockets. Yep. So the Rockets, the, so the Clippers no longer have Chris Paul. The Clippers have J.J. Redick as a free agent, and they've already said, basically, he's gone. And they still have DeAndre Jordan under contract. So, obviously, they're going to make a push to get Blake Griffin. So, but you kind of wonder whether Blake Griffin just kind of moves on and decides to go somewhere else. And he recently just listed, yeah, Phoenix is one of his favorite NBA cities. (laughs) And he has health problems. He has problems staying on the court. It, it like, it makes a bizarre amount of sense. Like, I I don't want it to happen, but I, I, I have, like, very... I would say I'm at least 50-50 on the concept of we're going to see a tweet from, like, Woj on July 1st that says, like, Blake Griffin is meeting with the Clippers, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Suns. Yeah, I I, I was just going to say, I think we're going to see a tweet from Woj over at ESPN that uh, that the Suns are among four teams interested in meeting with Blake Griffin. It just just seems like it's going to happen. So before I talk about the idea of Blake Griffin in a Suns jersey and how we feel about that, I, I, I will say right after that that I think it's the likely scenario that he stays in L.A. now, that Chris Paul's gone. Um, they could still offer him the most money and the biggest contract, so I think that's the likely scenario. Yeah. Past that, I think Celtics are probably the uh, – Celtics and Heat, in that order, I would rank are likeliest. I think the Celtics will probably will miss out on Paul George, and they'll try to do whatever they can to get Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin. And then the Heat will do the same exact thing. Yeah, I, I do not think the Suns are going to get him. I don't either. <laughs> but I do think the Suns are, you know, right, uh, not. I, there's those three, and then there's a big gap, and the Suns are among that next group. Yeah, no, so. At this I, point, I, I would be more surprised if the Suns, if there wasn't news about the Suns trying to meet with him. Yeah, I mean, for all the talk about, you know, we're not going to try to do quick fixes and bring in veterans, it just, it just seems like something they're going to do. They're yeah. going to try to get in the room with them. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe and he obviously played together in L.A., so I would be very surprised if they signed him, but I see them getting in the room. Pretty much. The idea of him, if he were <laughs> to sign in Phoenix, you know, I think we both have already said that we wouldn't want that. Sure. I think there's... If the Suns were trying to throw a max contract out there at someone for some reason this offseason, he'd be a better option than, say, a Paul Millsap, yeah. who's, who's 32, um, or you know someone, someone along those lines. Uh, I think even beyond the fact that he's, what, 28 now, so he's the same age as Bledsoe, um, yep. which both of whom are you know six, seven, eight years younger than like the core, uh, the... I think the, the biggest issue even beyond that is that he plays the same position as the two rookies from last year. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah, that's 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 honestly my biggest issue. Like, I wouldn't if it was just if it was the same level of uh, of talent, um, you know, at that age of twenty seven, twenty eight, whatever, at a position that the Suns needed, that he wouldn't try, that he wouldn't be blocking minutes from some of the young guys that we want to see develop because I think they will yep. be part of the, they need to be part of the core going forward. Then I I could be convinced. You you started Marquise Chris like the whole I think you started in what 60 something games last season. 
Like you're not just putting him on the bench. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, obviously, if they sign Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin is playing over Marquise Chris, but I just don't think you're you're going into an offseason with a strategy of Marquise Chris goes back to the bench. Yeah, and then you have Bender alongside. Next, yeah, next who Bender's who, who, who's completely buried. I mean, that that's the thing is like it, the the Griffin idea. It kind of changes the way you think about the whole structure of the team. And then you're like, okay, so do we need to package some of these guys and get rid of them? And it just changes everything. So I, I, I don't see it happening. But here's here's a question for you. Let's say that Blake Griffin is like, man, I am dying to sign with the Suns. Boy, do I want to be in he Phoenix. He pulls up Eric Gordon. My heart yeah, is my in heart, Phoenix. My heart is in Phoenix. I want to be in Phoenix. You pay me this contract, I will be in Phoenix. Uh, do you say no? <laughs> I would imagine that, yeah, I mean, the Suns won't say no, obviously, because they'll have met with him and <laughs> will have offered it to him. The Suns will sign him. Sure. If, if, so basically the question is, you're asking is, if you knew that Blake Griffin won being Suns, would you try to get him? Uh, yeah. Personally, no, because of the yeah. because the, my main concern is, like I just said, I he'd block minutes from the two guys. Yep. Um, that they drafted last year, the 19-year-old, 19 and 20-year-old. And then, uh, I mean, there is also the other concern, which is he hasn't been healthy in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, I don't think he's played more than 65 games in the last three seasons. Is that right? Or am I? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and when healthy, he's incredible. He's been really, yeah, really good. Yeah, great player. Um, and, you know, for all the talk about the Suns having a great training staff, which they obviously do, and that's an attractive part of, you know, coming to the Phoenix Suns. Uh there's there is a concern that his athleticism like looks like it's declining and he's 28 and he's not yep. going to get more athletic. So nope. he's becoming more he's become more versatile as, as a player obviously but like he's he's still not you know, you know he's peaked athletically. So I, I, there is a risk there. No, I mean I don't I don't disagree with that. Um but so let's let's assume that you said yes to that. <laughs> just okay you know from from a thought exercise perspective let's say yes you're absolutely getting yeah you're absolutely signing blake griffin yeah then what then what do you do i do you just you just throw blake griffin in there and you have all these other guys i would try to make other i would try to make other moves if if i got blake griffin then i would i wouldn't hold on to both chris and bender i would try to move one for not just like a win now piece, because you know you're not going to add someone that's going to help you do much in the playoffs uh, for one of them. But I would add another young guy if if you know if there's if there's a deal to be had out there that can play alongside Blake Griffin, yeah. someone like Clint Capella or something. I don't know if there's a if there's shuffling with that the Rockets are doing still. But, I, I do think we're kind of just talking out of our ass. I mean, I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> no, no, but I, yeah, exactly. I don't either. But like, if, if they sound like Griffin, I don't think you can hold on to the same exact roster, you know, alongside him. You got to yeah. move some people. Yep. No, I I, I agree. Basically, with that. what I'm saying is, I want to see 48 minutes of Brandon Knight and Blake Griffin <laughs> pick and rolls. <laughs> with Brandon Knight, Knight taking every single time taking a foot on the line two pointer. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> so, any I mean, any other any, free agency thoughts? God, I mean, I really just think it's gonna be a quiet free agency. Yeah, I, I think you'll. I do think they'll get that. They'll they'll do a meeting with Blake. I think they'll just kind of determine it's not the right move. Um, I, I think Blake will probably resign with uh, resign with the Clippers or go to like Miami or something. I don't think he's gonna go to Boston. Um, and then I think the Suns might, you know sign some veteran backup wing or something. Yeah. And that, there you go. Because, I mean, Jared Dudley's what on the shelf for the next uh, eight weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three to four months. Three to four months. Three to four months. Sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, he not he might not be back in the early part of the season. So I think you're probably introducing another, another veteran into the mix. But I don't think you're spending a lot of money. I don't think there's a point in spending a lot of money. I, I think this is the young core you're going with. And you just kind of... You, you let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we said this last week too, but I think you you run with the young guys, you have one more losing year, and then next year you try to build what will be you know your roster going forward. Yep. You start no, building I, what, you, what will yeah. be your roster going forward. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
and then hopefully that hopefully that doesn't include Brandon Knight. Yeah, well, I mean, everything is better without Brandon Knight. Except this podcast. So, Brandon, that invite is coming. It's headed your way. <laughs> you have an open invitation, Brandon Knight, to come tell us how terrible we are. Oh, man, we would love that. <laughs> Dream come true. Yeah, so what do you think the starting lineup will be? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm really not going to be creative with this. I, yeah. I think it's going to be Bledsoe, Booker, Warren, Chris, and Chandler. Yeah. I think that's I think that's your five, and I don't think there's going to – unless there's, like, some major, major move that we can't predict. I mean, I, I think you're still starting Tyson. They're not going to start anybody. They're not going to start Len or – Williams or anything like that. I, I think they're leaving Chris in there. We talked about Warren. Obviously, Booker's starting, and if Eric Bledsoe's on this roster, he's a starting point guard. Yep. So I think the only thing we're looking for the first few months of the season are noticeable improvements with the young guys. That's basically the only reason to watch. And then as the season progresses, less minutes from the old guys, maybe a trade of Bledsoe, something along those lines, and more yeah. minutes for... Booker, Josh Jackson, Chris Bender, etc. So, do you, do you think the Suns are going to make any trades this summer? This summer, I maybe like moving one of the bench pieces for something else. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, actually. So which one? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Not, <laughs> I, I don't think they'd trade Dudley. Um, no, Dudley's injured anyway. Yeah, and exactly. I think, I think Dudley's kind of perfect for the roster too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think he's a, he, they're keeping him. You're keeping Yulis, uh, and then, you know, Alan Williams and Landon are obviously free agents. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess not. I can't really think of – there's no one else on the bench that uh, – It's going to be a boring summer. Enjoy, folks. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> Summer League will be fun because, I mean, highlights of Summer League games will be fun because we get to see Bender, Chris, and our first uh, first taste of Josh Jackson. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Summer Yulis. League. Yeah, you, well, no, Yulis is going to be going to play in Summer League. Oh, yeah, because he's... Wait, why is he not He's playing? got a hip injury. Oh, right, right, okay. Hip is, injury. Is P.J. Tucker playing? Yeah, he had hips... In, in his sure eighth summer playing. league? <laughs> he's somehow just going to play on the Sun Summer League roster. P.J. Tucker's going to get a pension from the from Summer League. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's going to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. They should well. They should hang his jersey like they did. Uh, what was that for? Uh, was that for Marcus Banks that they like hung his jersey or something in the summer league? No, it was Nate Robinson. Ah. <laughs> Nate, they hung Nate Robinson's jersey from like the summer league rafters is like I think like a joke or something because he played like five times. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I do think it's going to be a relatively quiet summer, which you know is fine, um, and, I, and I think it should be. Uh, I, I think if somebody knocks you over with like a Chandler offer. Or, or, or not well. No, well, not. I wouldn't say knocks you over. If somebody makes you an acceptable offer for, <laughs> yeah. for Dyson, yeah, Taylor, I was gonna say define it. knocks you over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you're making an offer would be <laughs> yeah. would be would knock me over. Yep. Um. Yeah. I, like obviously, I, I don't even consider a Brandon Knight trade because no one is gonna trade for him. No. Um. And then Bledsoe, I if you can get a first round pick out of Bledsoe. Or I, th- I think you take it. Yeah. Um, first round pick and maybe a young, like another young piece if they can find it. But I mean, I, I think you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. So Bledsoe's time is here is done. It sucks, but it's done. He's yeah. It's, what did what did you okay? So I guess on that note, what did you think of that rumored trade on draft day? Uh, was it Bledsoe and, uh, for to Denver for Emmanuel Mudiay and the thirteenth pick? Well, Moody sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I think that's kind of the problem with him is like... You're basically trading for the 13th any... pick and someone yeah, you're trading, who trading has for the sucked so pick. far in his NBA career but is still young and is a, could be a question mark but is not necessarily an asset. Yeah. And then you're, you're what, a couple years from needing to pay him? Yeah. And are you you're, so you're starting him with Eulis as his backup? Eulis might actually wind up better. Yep. So I, I was cool not doing that. I mean, <laughs> I know I just said I would do Bledsoe for a first round pick, but I think it would be a first round pick and a young player. And I guess Moody is kind of a more of a buy low type young player. Yeah. I mean, I guess Donovan Mitchell went 13th, so he's kind of a nice little wing. But yeah. I didn't love it, but maybe I'm too attached to Bledsoe. <laughs> no, I mean, Bledsoe's great. I think he 
what I imagine happening is I, I mean, I hope he has a healthy, healthy enough career from this point onwards, but I don't think the Suns will trade him to a shitty team. A shitty team isn't going to want Bledsoe, so he'll go to some playoff no. team and he'll be a good player on a playoff team, which will be awesome. I hope so. I, I, I he deserves it. Yeah, I'm, he, he I'm ready for him to get to be a good player on a playoff team. Yeah, and I he's mean, been a, and he's been like a. I mean, he's not like a. I hate this phrase, but like a natural leader per se. No, but he's been a great teammate. The and problem, a great Phoenix Sun. Like it's, it's, but it's just he. It was the wrong era for for him to be a Phoenix Sun. The problem is, who needs a point guard? I mean, yeah. like Denver was one of the teams that did because you know they would. Like every season, or the all the seasons, Moutier has been on the roster. They've been like Moutier, and then they're like, "Wait a second, Jameer Nelson's better than him still." And then they're playing Jameer Nelson, and yeah. so you, you know you can't pay, play Jameer Nelson forever. Um, but I mean, you look at like all a lot of the other teams that are out there, and there's just not a whole lot of need for point guards. But it's a very deep position in the league, so. Yeah, I mean, it, there could be a couple teams. I, I think we haven't discussed this, but it could be some possibility if the Suns really just want to, like, move fast on a Bledsoe deal. After all the free agency shuffling happens, like, whatever teams miss out on going after point guards. I think Drew Holiday is a free agent, right? So, yep. say he, he goes somewhere else and New Orleans is like, shit, yep. we have no, Anthony Davis and Boogie and no point guard. I think that's the play. I mean, you, whoever, yeah, whoever goes and misses, that's that's where you go with it. Yeah. So you know, you can ship him to New York, but oh god, yeah. Well, actually, New York's <laughs> more attractive now. Yeah. Yeah, they got Jeff Hornacek as the coach. Bledsoe's done that before. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, any any kind of final wrap up thoughts from you? <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, the MVP of the 2016-17 NBA season? Announced yesterday, like three years after the season ended. Yeah, that award show was like ridiculous. Like I honestly, I hope, like after after watching the entirety of the playoffs and the draft, I didn't give half a shit about I, the awards. Yeah, I think most people didn't. I mean, what's the point? And it's so. I mean, like I think one of the coolest like memories I have of like watching like NBA playoff games is like when they announce the MVP and then the guy is sitting there at center court holding the MVP trophy up at like the beginning of like the second round of the conference finals. Yeah, I yes, I remember vividly Nash doing that both times. Charles Barkley did it too. I mean, it's just like it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Um and so, you know, when you're you're getting up there and making an acceptance speech like it's the Oscars and it's and the last regular season game was ten weeks ago. I mean, I, I think that was just a major bust. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so, too. I think they should just go back to announcing the awards right after the season ends. If you, if you want to do some sort of show, you have to, like, just do something else. Like, you don't need to ha- hold on to... Because they had a bunch of other awards. Like, you said Teammate of the Year and all that shit. <laughs> do, yeah. do that. Just, like, announce the MVP in all NBA teams. Like, no one's going to give a crap if it's there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always not enjoyed the way baseball does it, because baseball, like, really parses it out, like, through the winter. So, I mean, like, you'll see who wins, like, the AL and NL MVP in, like, December. And I'm like, wait, what? I don't even, like, remember anything these guys did six months ago. Yeah, and think about it logically. Like, we literally found out the regular season MVP after we found out who the finals MVP was. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. None none whatsoever. So, I I think that's crappy, and I'm not a fan. I guess on that note, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm only boiling it down to two unless you feel that there's someone else I'm missing with, like, Westbrook or Harden. Harden. Yeah, I thought so, too. Damn it, we yeah, agree def- again. Yeah, definitely. Def- I definitely think Harden. I mean, what, like, Westbrook had a great season and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm not a Russell Westbrook fan. <laughs> I'm, like one of the, I'm, like, one of the few who, like, just genuinely does not like Russell Westbrook. Uh, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's, like, a bad guy or anything. He's just not my thing. Yeah, that's, that, that's fair. No, I, I, yeah. think, I, I think Harden, too. Um, triple doubles, or I think that whole thing, thing was overrated. It was a cool season. Great season. Yeah, it was but. really cool. It was really cool, really interesting, and entirely inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he got an MVP out of the deal, so, you know, good for you, Russ. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I know I'm in, the, I know I'm in like, the vast minority on that one, so. I mean, I, I think a lot of people 
Not well, sorry. I'm in the vast minority of, not of people Russell. who aren't like racist assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, "Boy doesn't play the game the right way," and I'm uh, like, "Yeah, yeah. I really." But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't really care the way you play the game, but I don't know. It's just not my thing. No one plays the game the right way anymore, except Kawhi Leonard. He's the only person that plays the game the yes, right way. You have to be robotic. Um, the game is the game is made to be played quietly and without fun, like the <laughs> like, like the NFL has always dreamed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. I will hopefully do another one of these. Um, well, soon into free agency. Hopefully, some interesting stuff happens with the Suns. But actually, I take that back. July first. I take that back. I don't. I'm not sure if I want interesting stuff to happen with the Suns. <laughs> well, once we see once we see the Blake Griffin meets with the Suns, and then you know Blake Griffin gets his second meeting with the Suns, then we can probably get on a podcast. Yeah, well, exactly. We'll we'll podcast right out. So our next podcast, basically, we're announcing right now is is right after Blake Griffin signs in Phoenix. <laughs> Which he's 100% absolutely going to do. Yeah, July 4th uh, has been notoriously very, very good for the Suns. Oh, yeah, it's been a real great Suns holiday. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember a couple of years ago being just incredibly disappointed that we didn't get LaMarcus all. Yeah, exactly, me too. I mean, the first, <laughs> the first one, obviously, is Nash, the Nash trade to L.A., um, so that sucks. Sure. And then, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge, because I just kept, the, the chances and the hopes just kept escalating, because he was the prize agent that summer, which, oh, yeah. this was two years was ago. Was he ever? And, and two years later, <laughs> it seems like it's hilarious that that was the case, but it was. Now the Spurs might be looking to trade him, apparently. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Please not Hopefully Phoenix. we don't touch that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bust out that giant banner. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, good times. Yep, so we'll see y'all soon. Yeah, we will. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll, yeah, uh, thanks, we'll see everybody. you soon.